Hello there, Dr. Alan Hedberg here with you again, and this is the Psychology Report. Thanks for joining me. Um, you know, the last uh, 20 years, but particularly the last 10 years, the last decade, we are now facing a new election and a new uh, president and a new opportunity before us. But the past 10 years, certainly, will go down in history as the years of violence. We have had violence on the increase for 20 years, but certainly on the, in, in, on the increase for the last 10 years. We've tried to put up with it. We've tried to address it in various kind of ways. But you know, to no avail. We are still a violent uh, community, international community. We're either on the giving end or the receiving end of violence, and in some cases, both. So how, what about this whole thing? How do we deal with this? And particularly as we think of families, we think of children, we think of our future, our children's future. Is violent going to be a part of our, their life and part of our life for the next 10 years, next 20 years? Of course we have great expectations for a new president. But you know, we have to all do our part. Violence is not a problem to be solved by the president of the United States or the president of any country. Violence is to be solved by everybody. It's a personal thing. It's a, something that we either engage in or we experience. So it's a personal thing. Now, first of all, let me just say this. With all this international violence that we're seeing, and the Berlin is the most recent one, and other ones, but all this international violence, and it's tragic, it's gruesome. Every parent, every teacher, every minister, Every youth leader, anybody that has some voice to our youth needs to condemn that kind of behavior. And after condemning it, needs to discuss what could have been done instead of the act of violence. You see, there's always an alternative. Violence is one alternative. But there are always other alternatives for every cause or every problem or every situation a person faces, whether it be in the home or in the school or in the church or in a community or in a nation. There's always an alternative. And this is the way parents have to raise children. You have to tell children what not to do. But then you also have to follow up with the statement and the advice and the suggestions and the role playing of what it, they should do instead. What should not be done always has an alternative of what should be done or could have been done. And that's what the role of parents and leaders of youth is all about, is to help them think that process through. And at the same time, what about the whole country, our whole school system, our whole nation? Our leaders must condemn the acts of violence that have been taking place, to be sure. But leaders must also let us know what could have been done, what should have been done, and what might be done in the future, and what will be done in the future. See, leadership is futuristic. It's what we will do now in light of what has just happened. That's what leadership is all about. Teachers are leaders. Parents are leaders. Pastors are leaders. Many, many different kinds of people in our community are leaders. And that's the message of a leader. What can, should, might, ought to be done in the face of something that has been tragic. 
Now, let me just go on to say a couple things. We often turn to our schools as a place to teach anti-violence and to teach some kind, some form of, of uh, alternative to the violence. Schools are inundated. You know, we might turn to school just because that's the collection of students. But there is no evidence to suggest that teachers are any better than anybody else at teaching anti-violent skills. And in fact, teachers may be less likely and less capable of teaching anti-violent skills than others. We think we have the answer by turning to the schools and asking them to do the job for us. But you know, there's no evidence to suggest that that really is the answer or that it will have, a, have an effect or that it will change things. Even bully behavior. Teachers don't address it. Teachers can address it. Some do. There are some teachers that are able to. But overall, the teaching population, teacher population, is not trained, not equipped, not experienced to deal with behaviors like that. Because here's what it requires. It requires assertive communication skills. Assertive communication skills. Teachers are not necessarily those with assertive communication skills. So some are, but not all. But somebody has to teach assertive communication skills so that we teach children and we teach youth to speak up, to voice their opinions, to voice their feelings, to let their ideas be known, and interact and enter into a dialogue. That's what it requires. What it also requires is decision-making skills. Now, we know that teachers are not necessarily the ones that are skilled in decision-making. Some are. Many are not. But we can't assume that just because somebody's a teacher that they can now teach decision-making skills. They probably don't know decision-making skills any better than anyone else. But if we're going to teach anti-violence, an agenda has to be designed to teach decision-making skills. At what point do you make a decision? At what point do you make a judgment call? At what point do you decide to do A as compared to B? At what point in life do you weigh the factors associated with option A or option B or option C and then to choose the one? And if that doesn't work, then to move on to another option. You might choose option B as your best option. But if that doesn't work, you might go on to option C or go back to option A or whatever. But that's decision-making skill teaching. And it can be done in the school, sure, but not necessarily. And we have to be careful that we don't just put onto our teachers an expectation that they're going to be our answer to violence. They're going to be our teachers of anti-violence when they're probably not any better than any other parent or any other pastor or any other youth leader or what it might be. It might require a specialist. It might require special teaching abilities and training and experience. It might mean that schools are going to have to hire teachers specifically to go to class to class to class and teach skills such as anti-violence and anti-drugs and anti-this and anti-that or whatever it might be. We may need a cadre of specialized teachers to address these kind of issues. We can't just expect the ordinary run-of-the-mill teacher to have the skill to do so. Now, that isn't putting teachers down. It's saying that's the reality. And let's not have a false belief or a false expectation because what's going to happen then is we're going to have then a great deal of disappointment and a great deal of angst and anger at our teachers 
for not doing the job that we expected them to do when they couldn't do it in the first place and shouldn't have done it in the first place. So we know that a lot of process, a lot of procedures, and a lot of ways of approaching this just do not work at all. So we need to focus on what does work, what would be helpful. Well, if the schools are going to enter into any kind of a anti-anger or anti-violence or anti-drug program, anti-whatever it might be, you can't just kind of do it at grade 7 and then feel like you've done your job. No. If you're going to take on a program like this, if you're going to deal with anti-violence, you start with the early grades, the primary grades, and then you add your curriculum, and then you add more, and then you add more as you move up the curriculum, move up the grade level, so that students all the way through high school get exposed to some form of teaching, some new idea, some new nugget of truth, some new nugget of technique or method that will help them deal with violence in their community, violence in their home, and violence within themselves. In other words, it's got to be a curriculum item, not just a tack-on or an add-on or some kind of a shed that you have a, like a lean-to against your house. No, you have to deal with this as a unique topic. And if you're not going to do that, it might be better not to do it at all because you've set up these false expectations. Schools either have to do it or not do it. They can't just do a little bit and then expect much to come from it or to feel good or to feel like they've handled their job. It isn't true. Now, one of the other things about anti-violence teaching in the schools or in the church or wherever is that you have to teach social skills. You have to teach social assets. What's a social asset? Well, it's communication skills. It's assertive communication skills. It's being able to make judgment, being able to make analysis of a situation, being able to form opinions and express those opinions, it's being able to relate to somebody who's different from yourself, being able to start a conversation, to contribute to a conversation, and to develop a conversation, especially with somebody who has a different skin color or a different ethnic background or whatever it might be. It's teaching the asset of compatibility, of mutuality, of inclusiveness, if you will. That's the skill that needs to be taught. Whoever teaches that to your child. And parents, it's your job too in the home. You know, this is what it takes. If we're going to live together and we're going to live in a sense of peace or a sense of harmony or at least a sense of common respect, you know, for each other. And schools, here's, a, here's the point. If you're going to do it, it's going to take some money. It's going to take some time. So whenever you add something to the curriculum, something has to be taken from it. We don't just add more hours to our school day. Maybe we should. But usually when you add another curriculum topic, whether it be just 15 minutes or, or an hour, that means something else cannot be done during that particular period of time. And let me just say this too. In the teaching of anti-violent skills, if you do it from grade one all the way on through, kindergarten all the way on through, preschool all the way on through, it may not require a lot of time. It may require maybe 10 minutes a day or 10 minutes every couple of days of the classroom per week. You know, it's a snippet of advice, a snippet of discussion 
that draws the attention of the student to this issue and gives them a couple techniques, gives them a couple skills, gives them a couple assets, a couple abilities by which to deal in their own life as violent comes to them or as they feel violent within themselves. The school has to promote social support, social integration, social compatibility, social mutuality. That's what schools promote. And they can promote it in a lot of different ways. You know, we can even suggest kids when they go out to class, when they go out to the uh, playground for recess, that they team up in, with different kids in different ways and integrate them by grace and integrate them by background or whatever it might be. There's a lots of little small creative ideas that a school can do without taking much time from the curriculum. But it's a matter of addressing the issue, paying attention to the issue, and dealing with it. So what I've said to teachers, we can say to parents. We can say to pastors. We can say to youth leaders. We can say to scout leaders. You know, whomever it might be. This is a problem that we all have to face. We all deal with it. We're all concerned about it. We're all afraid of it. But we all need to learn how to cope with it and change it and deal with it in a positive, constructive way. It's not a matter of avoiding certain people and by virtue of avoidance have peace. No. It's by integration with people, by coming together, by mutuality, achieving peace and living in peace. That's the goal. That's the objective. So I think we all have something to do here. You do your part. I do my part. I take care of my own violence. I take care of violence in my own family. I take care of violence in my own home, my own community, my own sphere of influence. And you do the same. Where can you start? What can you do? But speak up. Don't overlook. Don't turn the other way. Don't turn the other cheek to somebody slapping somebody else. But deal with it. Get involved. And make sure that our community is a safe community. Our state is a safe state. Not by having uh, sanctuary cities. That doesn't create safety. That doesn't create peace. It's by people coming together in mutuality and love and caring and, and, and concern and support of each other. It's the act of giving to each other. It's the act of being part of each other. It's the act of, of, of looking at each other in the eye and smiling and greeting rather than looking the other way and just passing by. We want a peaceful nation. We want a peaceful world, global world. We want, that's what we want. But we'll never get it if we don't do our part. If I don't do my part and you don't do your part, we have to do it. And here's some ideas that I've just given you. Hey, glad you're with me today. And um, go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. My key book here is Dr. Teach Me to Parent. And parents in there, there's a lot of material on how you can teach your children nonviolent behavior. How you can teach your children to avoid conflict or to untie the knot of anger and untie the knot of conflict. How to be assertive, how to be decisive, how to make decisions, how to make judgments, how to develop social relationships. I lead parents through many different activities in many different ways in which these kind of behaviors can be taught and instilled in their own children. The Hallmark book, Doctor Teach Me to Parent, get your copy. Go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Now let me ask you this. If you want the book, 
Call my office now, right away, because the book's on sale. I'll send it to you for 15 bucks. That's almost half. And uh, just call my office. My office is 559-244-3260. 559-244-3260. And um, it's a great book for you to have this next year. It's a good manual. If you want to be a parent, you want to be an effective parent, you want to parent intentionally, this is the book for you. Hey, good to talk to you. Bye for now.